Please be seated, and uh, Maggie is going to come and read for us before Ben speaks. The reading this morning is Psalm 139, 1 to 18. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's our great pleasure to welcome Ben up to come and speak to us this morning. Do you want to come up and join me and we'll pray for you before you speak. So Ben and Katie have been on furlough and I'm sure they'll tell us a lot more about what they've been up to and what their next steps are. Um, but let's just play, pray for Ben before he speaks. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Ben and Katie and their family. We thank you for all that they've done, all that they've learned and the ways that they've served you in Tanzania so far. We thank you for this time of furlough and we pray that you bless Ben as he speaks to us today, that your words would ring out through him. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Right. Thank you. Bwana Does anyone know the response? No? Yet someone? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's normally Amen, a very loud Amen. So I'm going to say that again, and this time I'm going to put in um, some sign language, some Tanzanian sign language. So, Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to say Amen in sign language, you say Amen. It's not that, it's this. Okay, Amen. So, Amen. Do you know what it means? Okay, it means praise the Lord Jesus. Okay, praise the Lord. And actually, if you're in a Tanzanian church, 
the preacher will say that about 100 times throughout his sermon. Um, so it's just, you can count up how many times I say Buena Yesu Asafiwe. But I would like you, if I do say it, to respond properly, okay? Good. All right. So as, as you've been told, my name's Ben, and I'm married to Katie here. And uh, we've actually been uh, mission partners with CMS, the Church Mission Society, if we can go to this slide, um, for 11 years, so quite a long time. The Church Mission Society has been sending people like us for 223 years, so quite a long time, to all parts of the globe, and they've seen uh, lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, um, and also communities and societies changed as well. Um, So that's the Church Mission Society, which your church supports and has done for many years, I've heard. But I wanted to say thank you too, if we go to the next slide, because This church has been with us all the way through our 11-year journey in Tanzania. And you can see this is taken 2016. Can you see the the rather dashing goalkeeper (laughs) at the front? Uh, Can you work out who that is? Yeah. Good. And at the back, you could just about make out uh, Gary's there as well, and maybe some of the youth from a few years ago who are now old men. Okay. So, uh, So, yeah, thank you for your ongoing support throughout the years. It's really meant that we could carry on Uh, the mission that we've been sent on. So thank you for that. So if you don't know uh, anything about Namer Crafts, I'm going to tell you now, so we'll go to the next slide. So this is outside our Namer Crafts centre in Iringa, Tanzania. And Namer Crafts was set up uh, to give training and employment to people with disabilities, uh, both physically disabled and uh, deaf people as well. And about 70% of our staff are deaf or hard of hearing, so that's why we use a lot of sign, na- uh, sign language. So my sign name is this, because of my, my chin, my cleft chin, and this is Katie's sign name, because when she smiles, which is occasionally, uh, she has a dimple. Okay, so, so, uh, so we are offering, um, we're training and employing over 100 deaf and disabled uh, artisans, cooks, managers, uh, and various other, other roles. It's a self-financing project, so we receive an income through the crafts and the services uh, that we produce. And you'll see at the end of the service, um, there's a number of crafts at the back uh, that you can come and see. We've only got a, a very limited range, just what we could uh, fit in our suitcases on the way back. But it's, it's so much more than just a social business. It's actually a community of hope, of peace and restoration for people living with disabilities in Oringa. And we think a beacon of hope across the whole Uh, a community. So over time, the centre has actually become also a real hub uh, for the community too. So we've got people uh, coming from all different walks of life that love to use our cafe. So our cafe is on the top floor and loads of people come every day and sit out uh, on our balcony, or at least they did before Corona. So what I'd like to do this morning is I'm not going to take you through a particular passage. We're just going to be walking you through um, our story, our testimony of the last three years. And hopefully, it's going to be an encouragement to you as well. So uh, running Namer has been a wonderful calling for Katie and I. Uh, Challenging, for sure, but also fulfilling in so many ways. There's never a dull day at Namer. In fact, there's never a normal day at Namer. Literally, anything could happen at any point. Um, So, 
usually I spend a lot of time doing the accounts, but in the same day I might be designing a new product or teaching uh, Bible in sign language or even giving a tour to a government dignitary who's just decided to turn up at our door. So it's a really, really fulfilling uh, work that we do. Now, as I said, if we can go to the next slide. Um, that's Katie, if you hadn't seen her. That's, she's working with our operations manager there, Diana, um, and uh, they're looking like they're working on a new order there. So if we can move to the next slide. So since 70% uh, of our staff are deaf, we have to use sign language a lot. Now, I'm going to set you a challenge just to keep you awake. This is William. He's one of our very well-known and much-loved waiters in our cafe. So he's going to do a sign, and you have to guess what that sign is. Now, it's a clue. It's a drink. Okay, so if we can just press play. Can you guess what drink that is? This was actually made for children, so if you don't get it, what, what do you think it is? Milk. Well done. That's a deaf round of applause. Well done. Okay, we go to the next one. Okay, this is Ali. He's our kitchen manager, and he's, he's actually recently got married and has a, a child now called Musa. Um, so he's going to do another drink, see if you can work out this one. Okay, what sort of drink might have that? Coffee. Coffee. Very good. Deaf round of applause. Well done. Okay, very good. All right, we'll be doing another one of those later. So if we can go to the next slide, I hope you can just about make out where Iringa is. Can you see the little pink writing there? Sorry, it's a bit small. Iringa is right in the centre of the country, just south of Dodoma. And it's quite an isolated city. And we've known for, for some years that actually, uh, you know, if anything happened and tourists stopped coming through for any reason, we're really isolated. It's quite an, quite an island of a place. We've tried over the last five to six years to actually open up new outlets and new shops um, to sell the, the artisan's work across the country. But it, it didn't really matter what we tried. Everything seemed to stop us uh, from, from managing to do that. Every, the way seemed blocked every, every way we turned. So whether that was really heavy restrictions on what businesses could do, um, work permit issues. So we've had quite a, quite a few of our friends uh, were, th were, were told to leave the country in the last few years. Even our diocese saying that they were worried about sticking, sticking our neck out and, and, and getting into trouble uh, for trying something elsewhere in the country. And actually, what we really wanted to do is go to Dar es Salaam, which you can see is just on the edge of the country there next to Zanzibar, if you can work that out. Okay, that's really the commercial capital. Dodoma is the, the political capital, but Dar es Salaam is the commercial capital. And um, we just went to look at a shop, and actually we were told we couldn't even look around the shop because the local, uh, local business there was worried that we'd be too much competition. So uh, literally everything we tried, the way seemed blocked. Well, when the first cases of, uh, of COVID were recorded uh, back in March 2020, I remember there was real palpable uh, panic in Iringa. And Katie and I had to make a decision on what to do with the centre. If we can go to the next slide. This is uh, just outside our chapel and some of our staff washing their hands, as we've all had to do a lot recently. And um, we, we had to make the decision as to, as to what we should do uh, in the face of this. We could see numbers were rising and we thought that Tanzania was next and, and it would go into a really heavy lockdown. 
Um, we decided uh, to close the centre, and it was really with heavy hearts that we had to close the centre. Um, but then after that, once the centre was closed, we then also had to decide on uh, what we were going to do with our family. There were some really loud voices back in the UK saying we should come back straight away. Uh, if, you cared, if we care for our children, we've got three young children, we should get back because we'll miss the last flight out. The borders will close and we don't know whether we'll have the right health care and so on. And actually, it was a really, really tough decision. We didn't know how strict lockdown was going to be. We didn't know if people were going to be starving and whether we we're going to be a target. Very, very difficult decision. But of course, we didn't really want to leave um, our family of Neymar uh, behind either. Well, we, uh, in the end, we, we moved to a friend's farm. If we go to the next slide. Uh, this is us at, uh, at, our, at this uh, friend's farm. We took our kids there because we thought they would enjoy it there if we, if we did go into lockdown. And we moved into a tiny cottage. And, and, and that night, I remember us praying and worrying in about the same measure. And just having a sense that God was saying, when have I ever left you? Just a sense that he was with us, whether we went to the UK and we returned there or we stayed in Tanzania. Stay or go, I'm still the same. I'm still with you. It was a really totally freeing sense of the Lord hemming us in as we've had read in Psalm 139 like his love and his care for us, was actually inescapable. So after this, we started to feel a little bit more, uh, a little bit more at peace at our decision to stay. And actually, in the end, uh, lockdown didn't happen in Tanzania. Strange things were happening. The, uh, the, the, the number of cases reported was only about 519, uh, and it just stopped there with no... Uh, no deaths reported. Uh, lockdown hasn't been, hadn't been imposed, and by July, Tanzania announced that it had defeated corona. So it was a quite an interesting place to be, uh, one of the only countries in the world that was taking no precautions against the virus. So, as someone described it, it was like we were the petri dish of the world, just to see what happened if you didn't do anything. Well, we, we, in the end, we kept Neymar closed uh, for 11 weeks. If we can go to the next slide. But maybe you'll remember, uh, during the time that we were closed, our tailor said, look, we're bored at home. We want something to do. They had their, their sewing machines at home. So they started making PPE. They started making masks and gowns and face shields. And by the end, we could make hundreds of these face shields and masks. And we wanted to bless the local uh, medical centers and hospitals uh, with these things. And so we made an appeal to churches like Downend, um, and we were absolutely blown away by the support uh, that we received. It had a really tough time for the UK as well. Uh, churches like Downend bought loads of face masks, and when we added up the amount that we'd raised, incredibly, it added up to almost to the shilling exactly what we needed to pay our staff for those 11 weeks that the centre was closed. One year to Asifiwe. Amen. <laughs> okay, so if we go to the next slide. All right, bit of, bit of a more difficult uh, question this time, just to make sure you're awake. This is Stumai. She's one of our, our, um, our chefs in the kitchen. So she's doing the sign of a hat. She's got a big hat on herself. 
you've got to think, church, okay, what, who wears a hat like this? So, we, okay, what's that? Bishop, very good. Okay, next one. Now, this is really hard. I'm not going to give you any clues, but, well, apart from the fact we're in a church. So, if we go to the next one, this is Nuru. She's our shopkeeper. Okay, good one. It's not Holy Spirit, but, but close. Anything else? You think Dove, maybe. Something up there. Heaven. Very good. Got it on the third time. Well done. So that's heaven. Heaven. Okay, good. So when we reopened Namer for Business, the new normal for us uh, was that we maybe had one visitor. If we can go to the next slide. It's William again in the cafe. We maybe had one visitor to the shop and, and a couple to the cafe. What on earth were we going to do to keep our 100-plus artisans in work? We started by diversifying our product lines. So if we go to the next slide, there weren't many tourists coming through, so we used our carpentry department to, to start making um, uh, bespoke furniture, so things like tables. So if you look on the left-hand side, um, that's a, an, a new office that we managed to kit out in tables and chairs. Um, and then also... Uh, the tailoring department started to make large orders for international uh, clients. But actually, that became quite difficult because shipping uh, was so difficult at that time. If we forward on to the next slide. This is Sophia, uh, her usual jolly self there, uh, with one of our prints. As we'd feared, Little Oringa had really been cut off. Our takings were down by at least 70%, and we'd soon not be able to pay our wonderful artisans. One evening, with, we were talking with a family member on WhatsApp, and uh, they, they told us that they had a vision for us. If we can go to the next slide. This was their vision. What an exciting vision, a tailback, a traffic jam, something that you see a lot of in Dar es Salaam, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of. Not a very inspirational vision. But they sensed that as they're in this tail tailback, uh, this diversion possibility came up. And, uh, and, and their sense was that we should take a diversion, we should divert and try and find a different route so that we didn't get blocked up further on. So we prayed about this and reflected on it. And the vision seems to be giving us permission to try an alternative route. We knew that Neymar on its own couldn't sell elsewhere, but if we perhaps used a third party, a different direction, like an outside NGO, we might have an alternative uh, way to go. It was still a big step, and actually at the time it could have risked us our permits and our work in Tanzania, but we branched out and we set up Sea Ability First International, uh, which is a new NGO, SAFI for short, which means cool in uh, Swahili sign language, SAFI. Oh, Swahili, sorry. So after taking that big step, that diversion, we can honestly say that it was just incredible how faithful God has been in opening doors and making ways through. So firstly, um, we, got, we had some really, really, a couple of really generous donors that helped us to finance our web shop and our physical shop in Dar. If we can go to the next slide. So this is uh, Mafisango making what looks like a picture frame. If we go to the next slide. So this is our, our shop in the very place that the lady who blocked us previously uh, 
was, was working. That was her shop. And she actually said, why don't you just come and use my shop? She was just like, because you didn't even want us anywhere near you. She welcomed us to use her shop. Um, and we, we had the money. We had the finance uh, because of some donors, as I said. If we can go to the next slide. Secondly, we knew we really needed some expertise uh, in setting up the new outlets and marketing and construction for the shops. And also with the new furniture range becoming increasingly popular, we needed some help with that. So this couple, Chloe and Joe, uh, got in touch with us and they said, hey, we're on furlough and we're just thinking how we can use the next year or so to bless uh, somewhere else in the world. And they said, oh, we don't know if, if we're going to be useful. So Chloe's a marketeer and Joe's a furniture designer. <laughs> any, any way we could use them. And uh, we're like, yeah, we could probably put you to use. <laughs> so um, total provision from the Lord. One ESOS a few way. And lastly, so we had the, the expertise. We had the finance. But we didn't really know how on earth we were going to manage a shop that was 300 miles down the road. Um, but actually, within a day of us telling the owner of the whole shopping complex in Dar, we had the perfect partner to work with, CIFA Threads. If you can go to the next slide. CIFA Collective, as they're called here. Um, and they're an NGO based in Dar, uh, working with vulnerable women. Uh, they didn't have a shop, and they couldn't finance it, uh, but they could give us the management skills that we needed. And they have just been such a fantastic NGO to work with, such a, a fantastic... Um, yeah, partner in our, in our work there. So we just praise God that he just opened the, all of these doors, doors that we had like, tried to pound down ourselves uh, earlier, and then suddenly the doors opened. If there was one word I could use to describe the last few years uh, of, uh, of, God's, of our experience of God over the last few years, it's really that he's been faithful. We don't know why it took a world pandemic to instigate the things that have happened, but God works in his own perfect schedule. One ESOS of Fiwe. So now to the present. The new NGO and the shop uh, have now been functioning for almost a year, and we can honestly say that without these things in place, we don't know if the Namer Centre in Oringa would have survived. Um, also, the, if we can go to the next slide, the NGO started to support not just livelihoods, not just supporting the, the, the artisans working at Name of Crafts, but actually uh, we've also trained some new carpenters. Joe's trained uh, seven new carpenters in our workshop. Mobility, we're trying to focus on uh, mobility for people with disabilities. It's so, so important. This child uh, in the photo, he, said he, he, he really wants to go to primary school, but wasn't able to go because he didn't have a handcart. Uh, or he didn't have a way of getting there. So we managed, managed to donate this to him, and he's managed to start primary education after 11 years. We thank God for that. Um, and we, we're, we're continuing to supply wheelchairs and prosthetic limbs and so on uh, to people in the community. Thirdly, access. We want to focus on access, not just access into buildings. We've recently built a, a bridge for our, uh, one of our staff members to be able to get into it their house easily, um, but also building homes. So I don't know if you remember, but we were building homes uh, through the proceeds of the, of the, uh, the project in Oringa. 
We got to about 72 homes, and then we had to stop over COVID. It's quite sad to see these foundations that we built and all the bricks piled up next to it, ready to build these homes. They've just sat there for the last two or three years. So this year is going to be the first year for a while that we're going to start building a couple more homes. So we're excited about that. We also managed to connect 42 people to the town electricity supply, which is fantastic too. And lastly, education. If uh, you have a disability in Tanzania, often uh, parents don't see that it's worthwhile sending you to school. Um, so we want to support uh, children with, with a disability uh, to go to school and actually find, help find ways uh, so that they have the support as well to go to school, because sometimes uh, that can be a restriction too. So I've talked a lot about the survival of the Neymar Craft social enterprise, the, bus the business of Neymar. But how is funding the centre bringing the power of the gospel to people's lives? I want to introduce you to Rehema. If you can go to the next slide. This is Rehema. She's one of our deaf tailors. So growing up in the village, Rehema had a horrendous start to life, which left her emotionally and physically scarred. It's been a long and painful journey for Rehema, but little by little, we're seeing God's grace starting to bear fruit in her life. And now, recently, she had the confidence to set up her own deaf netball team. So if we can go to the, the next slide. Here she is, standing at the center there with her foot on the ball and her netballers around us, around her, sorry. So this is one story amongst many where the truth of God's grace, or Neymar, that means grace in Swahili, is slowly bringing healing and restoration to the individuals that we're working with. I'm happy to say as well, if we can go to the next slide, that the Neymar Crafts deaf football team is still going strong too. So this deaf football team go into rural communities once a month and they use football as a means to reach out uh, to the community. At half time in their football match, they share their testimonies and they pass on the message that disabled children shouldn't be forgotten or hidden away. And they give their testimony of God's grace for them as well. So what next? What next for Katie and I? Well, exactly. We're now at one of those crossroads in our lives where there's no clear way through. We know where we'd like to go, but we don't know how on earth we're going to get there. This new NGO that we set up uh, offers us great opportunities to support both Neymar and more projects like it across Tanzania and beyond. Katie and I are ready for a new challenge and would really love the opportunity to advise and consult for other initiatives. Also, with our children getting older, we also need to think about finding better schooling for them. So we're aiming to move, if we go to the next slide, we're aiming to move 450 miles up the road, almost directly north, uh, to a place called Arusha, which is a much bigger city, has much bigger opportunities uh, for us to, to partner with new NGOs, to find a market for some of the products uh, of Neymar Crafts and other projects, and also it has some better schools as well. So we'd planned to, to do this this September. So after we'd finished furlough, so we finished furlough in August, we were going to move our lives up to Arusha. But sadly, despite our best efforts, we haven't yet found suitable managers for various reasons uh, for the running of the Neymar Center. So if you're going to pray, pray for us, here are some points that you can remember us 
uh, with. So uh, please do pray for a future of our, uh, our wisdom for our future plans. Um, new management at the Name Craft Centre. For Chloe and Joe, they finished two years with us this month and next, beginning of next month, they're heading back to the UK. So do pray for them as they return. They're from Trowbridge, so not a million miles away. Um, also for schooling for our, our, our children. Um, and then also do pray um, just generally for the people of Tanzania as they try and uh, yeah, get through the cost of living crisis that seems to be hitting uh, the world right now. This has been the first year uh, where I know that people normally who farm, they get to a certain time of year and they're ready to farm. They've not farmed because they can't afford to buy fertilizer and so on. So it's going to hit our community in Oringa uh, very hard, this cost of living crisis. Well, thank you for li listening to our testimony of the last few years. But I wonder if parts of it relate to your own life. So I want to finish with three questions and challenges for you relating to what I've shared. Firstly, as we heard read in Psalm 139, do you know that God knows you intimately and loves you inescapably? Cloud, one of our physically disabled carpenters, when he goes out with the deaf football team, he gives his testimony and he says, God does not make mistakes. I am not an accident. What greater calling and purpose could there be simply to, know, to be known and loved by the creator of the universe? Secondly, are you agonizing over a decision you have to make or wondering where is God in a particular area of your life? So as we, ha as we heard read in verse 7, Psalm 139, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? As Christians, we're told we are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. That means wherever you go, whatever decision you make, his spirit is and will be with you. In his spirit, you have all who you need for every situation. And lastly, are there things that you've been praying for and waiting for for a very, very long time? Maybe it feels like forever to you. Things that you know the Lord has put on your heart, but every direction seems to be barred. My encouragement to you, keep praying in faith, trust and patience that when his timing is right, he can make ways and open doors that you couldn't even imagine right now. It's only in his strength that all these things are possible. Let's pray. Lord, where can we go from your spirit? Where can we flee from your presence? We thank you that you know us so well. You perceive our thoughts from afar and you know all the days of our lives. We pray that we can learn to trust you more and more each day. That your timing is perfect and no matter where we go, whether it's down the road or to the far side of the sea, because of Jesus, we can know your love for us is immeasurable and inescapable. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Asante.
Thank you so much, Ben. It was so good to hear your news and to hear that testimony of how God has been faithful through, even through the pandemic. Thank you so much. I'm sure people will be able to have a quick chat with you afterwards. That was great. Um, so Angie is going to come and continue with our prayers, and I know that we'll all be praying for you both and for the family, and uh, both in these prayers now and in the days to come. <laughs> 